For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. There's going to come a moment when you are not going to like me. You're going to be highly, highly pissed off with me. And you are going to want to fight me. <laughs> I give you permission to do all of that. Because in the end, I'm going to win. Tiger fans, welcome to episode 276 of the official Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club podcast, bringing you all the latest news, updates, and buzz surrounding your mighty JSU Tigers. I am the Corey C. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to be notified of all future episodes. Apple Podcasts and Spotify video users, rate and review the show, and everyone, Go follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Instagram and Twitter. It all helps the cause, which is the I love, Jackson State University. What up, fellas? 5-0. and oh. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What's good? What's good? What up, Tiger Nation? What's going on, man? What up, Corey? What up, Ken? What up, D? I love family. What's good, fellas? Went to Bama. Got in there. Did what we supposed to do. Didn't go down like we thought we would. it would go down. And a little bit of controversy afterwards, but a win is a win, man. A W is a W, right? Absolutely. For sure. Absolutely. For sure. Hey, Let's just say all the controversy would have been a little different had we lost, but I, I take it up. I take it with a win any day. Absolutely. <laughs> well, most definitely. All I know is it's Sunday and we're still ando, so we're good. No doubt, no doubt. Well, I don't so, know. Like I said, it didn't go quite like we had planned. We thought we would totally dominate this team. We thought it would be another or repeat performance from the last time we went to Alabama. When an Alabama team scheduled us for homecoming, but like I said, a win is a win. But quick thoughts on the game. Well, I, I'll just say, um, you know, we didn't have the dominant performance that we're accustomed to and that we'd like to have, but we still took some good nuggets that we can use from this game to to carry over to the next game. Defense still gave up a, a touchdown first drive this game, and after then, it was lights out. Um, Dominant performance by the defense, and believe it or not, we just didn't put points, but a dominant performance by the offense in the second half. We didn't get the points we wanted, but the yards were there. Yeah, yeah, it was an intense game, Corey. Got a chance to go to Montgomery and experience it. Um, it was just a lot of factors that played into the outcome of the game, and I know we'll delve into the, uh, um, some of the meat and potatoes of uh, what we, of what actually transpired, but I thought it was a very um, – this was a football player's football game. And I'm saying if you like football, you like a game that went the way it went. I thought it was a test of strategy, a test of defensive schemes. There was some adjusting that had to take place. There was some overcoming adversity. There was a home field advantage. There was some, you know, it was a lot going on. Um, but we got out of there with the victory. Um, somewhat of a defensive struggle. I think they had, I thought they had a pretty decent strategy for how they want to play us. We knew that team slows the ball down. They don't they don't play like a fast pace. So um high scoring, maybe you gotta you gotta come out, you know, clicking on all cylinders. But in the end, like Zoe said, man, we did enough to win. And we did um once we got rolling, it, it was pretty much uh, lights out from there. You know, we always go back and forth on this thing called a slow start. Because with this offense, I think if we don't score a touchdown on every single possession, especially in the first half, it comes across as a, a slow start. And, you know, Zoe and I kind of debated whether or not it was a slow start in previous games. But this game, though, that was a slow start. That was a slow start by, by the offense. So well, what was going wrong in the beginning? Why, could, why couldn't we get on track sooner? 
I mean, honestly, and Coach Prime addressed it. I mean, we have to talk about the elephant in the room. I you mean, have to. So I, let me preface it. Let me preface this because you know people are going to say, oh, that's an excuse. But sometimes it is mm-hmm. what it is. But go ahead. No, no. It's not an excuse. It is what it is. Name me another time that you have seen this. So, I mean, we, we literally have a team arrive to the stadium at 1245. The players actually get out to warm up at one hour before kickoff. I mean, I've never seen that before in a swag game. I've never ever seen that before. And so it kind of, and so it kind of transitioned to Coach Prime mentioned. It's like, look, you know that we mentioned at halftime. Hey, you know that first half is on us because you know, uh, get to the stadium late. You know, due to circumstances beyond our control, but it is what it is. But we 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 buckled down. But again, that contributed to the slow start. Also coming off a of bye week. Um, and it just added to it. But traditionally, you see teams typically start slow on a bye week, though we didn't do it last year against AM. So, but man, once we settled down and figured out what they were doing, we were able to get the ball rolling and get things moving in the right direction. But again, yeah, we were struggled, you know what I'm saying, by having another slow start. We got to get that rectified. I'm going to add a little bit more uh, context to that because I experienced it too. Uh, we know that the team did not stay in the city, which is something like Coach Prime did address at halftime. Um, I'm going to just tell you guys, man, um, I, I'll i just say my travel to get there had to be augmented due to some challenges and some delays and cancellations or whatever, which prompted me to have to fly into Birmingham, which is an hour and 20, hour 15 from uh, Montgomery. And I'm going to just tell you guys, man, that highway was probably the worst I had seen in mm-hmm. quite some time. I mean, it was bad. And I'm talking about multiple, multiple accidents for miles, which kind of made them just logistically. You're talking about a two lane highway. And when I got a text message that, hey, man, the, the team just getting out the exit at 1245 in the game, me, you know, me and the person I was riding with was like, are they going to have to delay the game? Because normally the team gets two hours in before. So the reason I'm bringing that up is that's a real thing. Like no mission to get off the bus and have to rush to get taped, get fitted, get your clothes on, try to stretch, do all those things, and you've been sitting in traffic for who knows how long. Because let's be real about something. An hour trip took me three hours. So imagine how long they were sitting on that bus and they had to get off and then you got to get ready in an hour. So it, I feel like it absolutely had a lot to do with the game. And you just go and look. At, I thought your door was a little off. Little, you know, uh, was. rhythm was off. So um, yeah, it's a slow start still, but there's there's a reason. Because whether you feel it's an excuse, I'll just say there is a reason why the team looked the way that they looked. And I like what Coach Prime said. I feel like we just got here in the second quarter. So mm-hmm. that's when we scored. That's when things started to go the way we felt like we wanted them to go. And But, you know, that's the explanation behind it. Yeah, you could tell that they looked off. I mean, we, again, we always talk about slow start, but but this time it was glaring. For those who knew, we knew why that was happening. But I was getting text messages from people who didn't know saying, man, what what's going on? They thought, you know, they thought this team was going to be so pumped up to play Alabama State with all the noise that was being, you know, that was going through the media and whatnot. But, you know, I talked to a couple of players about this, not the players on the team, but uh, people who have played football at, at the, we'll say the collegiate level and higher and just ask them, you know, would that affect, uh, their play and some had actually been in similar situations where they were running late personally or the team was late and some haven't the ones who have been in that situation said absolutely it throws off your routine uh, we're creatures of habit we you know we we get used to you know having a certain amount of time to do a certain amount of things and when you're rushing it throws everything off just personally when I'm running late you know if we're running late for work like it just kind of it, it feels like I'm always a few minutes behind that entire day and it's, it's about half the day before you kind of catch up and, and, and get on pace so it's a real thing uh, not and I, I say that to say this. I also don't want to take anything away from Alabama State. That team came to play, right? We talked. We'll get into Coach Eddie Robinson, but he had him ready to play. That's what Coach Prime was trying to give him props for at the end of the game. Really having that team ready to play. But in the beginning, man, dare I say they were winning the battle in the trenches and controlling the line of scrimmage. They were. They were. Um, the main thing that I took from the first half. Yes, they were winning the line of scrimmage, but the main thing over everything is that they won first down. Mm-hmm. Every drive in that first half, they won first down. And, and the only way that we had any success was that we would make up for it on third down. We had a lot of third and longs that we capitalized on. Mm-hmm. And that's due to the talent that we have and the plays called because, you know, Savion had these, you know, 
Herculean, you know, say runs or these big pass plays that we have. And that's the only thing they even kept us to sustain any type of drive, even though we weren't getting any points on those. So that's the thing. Yeah, O-line, <clears throat> excuse me, that D-line uh, was filling in. And the main thing, I'll, it wasn't so much the whole entire line was getting built, Corey, beat Corey. I would say that we had an issue with pass pro for the running backs as well, which was an issue. And so that played a part as well. Yeah, I thought they had the right uh, strategy. I mean, like I said, guys, I was in the stadium. I really wanted to go to that game. I went through a lot of obstacles to get there. And I'm glad I did because I wanted to feel that atmosphere and see what it felt like to be sitting there. It's a homecoming. And, guys, it was it was, it was was packed, man. It was packed. It was standing room only. I'm going to tell you, it was similar to, um, you know, being in Lorman. You know, how they, a lot of people on the hill. Mm-hmm. You, see, you had some of that going on. You had a lot of people standing around in all the different areas where they could stand. And they, the, the announcer, you know, doff my hat off to them, the engagement that was going on. It was well put together. To, you know, it was a great home field advantage for them. And they had a great strategy. The team came out. I thought they they blitzed a lot. Shador probably got hit more in this game than any game he's played all season. Uh, so, great point. I mean, they, they definitely controlled the line of scrimmage uh, on both sides, really. And to see them go down and score on that first drive, it's like, ah, feeling the atmosphere feeling that momentum swing, seeing kind of the, you know, the, the ins and outs of kind of what's happening. You know, I'm, I'm watching and paying attention to all of that, and I'm like, okay, we're going to have to play today. I didn't feel like from that moment sitting in there, I didn't think we was going to score a lot of points uh, because we did get the ball first, and when they stopped us first and then they went down and scored, I was like, okay, now we got to really play. We got to adjust, adapt, do what we need to do. But doff my hat off to the, uh, Coach Eddie Robinson Jr. and his staff. Had the defense ready. Had a great strategy. Um, that cornerbacks, uh, bubble, the linebacker, they did a really good job, man. So I dumped my hat off to them. And kudos to Shador. I mean, just the way he played, considering all the, the circumstances and the, you know, the adversity. First of all, obviously, there was the target on his, on his back, just with the Heisman hype, with Co- what Coach Prime said. So you know that defense was gearing up for them, getting uh, obviously getting there late, throwing off his rhythm. Didn't have the best offensive line play throughout the day. Uh, he got beat up a lot, got hit. Looks like he may have uh, kind of dinged up his shoulder. We saw him kind of, you know, looking at his shoulder a little bit. But at the end of the day, when the dust settled, 30 out of 46, 332. So he put up pretty much his <laughs> his same numbers. The completion percentage wasn't quite there. Uh, three touchdowns. He threw that one interception. That was on him. It looked like he got caught in between two receivers. It's like his mind was saying one thing, but his arm was, was t- saying something else to go to the other receiver. Uh, but at the end of the day, man, he got it done for us. And another thing about Shadur, man, I, and I, I know you guys noticed this, those timely runs, man. It's like he always knows when to run to get that first down and just that poise that he has. So talk a little bit about Shadur. Uh, I was, I <clears throat> excuse me, I think grown grew more. Uh, I was impressed with him uh, because, again, you don't learn much about yourself when things are going good, when you have a very success. You learn and you grow through adversity. And, again, O-line was getting beat. He kept getting hit, and my guy just kept getting up. And Shador's worst game of the season is still better than any other quarterback in the conference. Absolutely. His worst game is better than any quarterback in the conference. That's a fact. I mean, his worst game – he still completed a shade under 6% of his passes, and then he still had 300 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception. Just think about that. A sophomore at that. So he doesn't have anything to hold his head out. To me, he had a good game. He showed some moxie, showed some grit, showed some toughness. He showed his leadership by running for those third downs when it was unexpected. And uh, he's the leader, man, and he led his troops to victory. Yeah, I think um, so. To your point, sixty-five percent. Actually, and I only know that because I actually was looking at it because I did see the thirty for forty-six. I think I was like, "Yeah, he missed quite a few." In court to that interception, I'm sitting right there where he did it. I don't think that was a getting caught in between. I'm. A, I don't know if there's an issue. That was a. Let me just toss this to you, and it went high. I mean, high, and it was like, wow. It was so it was such a, it was so goofy that he just flew off his hand and went five yards over the wide receiver's head and it was like he threw it right to the defender. But that's why I said his was mind a, was telling him one thing, but his arm was doing another. But I yeah, guess. man, it was it was goofy. But no, I, and I I wouldn't correct you. My, you know, I, I was just saying like I knew it's it's kind of like you you're trying to throw something to somebody and it goes far left. It, it happens. 
And um, but it's just anyway, so awkward moved, to see it happen to him. That that's the thing. When it happens it to him, it's like yeah. it doesn't even look real, right? Yeah, it looked, and then you can, and I watch. So after he throws the interception, I'm looking at, I'm watching him. He just kind of, if he could have hit himself on the head, he probably would have did it. And you could tell he was just like, man. But to Zoe's point, to come from that and to go, and like I said, they didn't do him, no, they didn't do him no favors. I mean, the pass rush was there. He had to, you know, he had to be loose in the pocket, get escape the pass rush. He had to get through his reads pretty quickly. There was some, hey, he's holding the ball too long. There was some. Uh, uh, you got to run. It was. It's like everybody has an, a, a, a reason of, of. Everybody has an expert opinion on what he needs to do when you're in the game. But watching him actually see it and get through it and overcome it, and this is why I want to say that they go down and they score twelve. And I'm telling y'all, man, just the feeling in that in that stadium was, boy, if we don't score, we in trouble. And to see him take that ball and march all the way down the field and put points on the board. After they they scored, it, it makes Zoe point of, of when he say he grew, and that was when I was like, "Well, we got a special." Now we already knew we had a special well, kid, yeah. but that's the stuff you want to see. You want to see when you're back against the wall, you're on the road, it's loud, it's rowdy, everything's against you, and he, it was like he turned the volume off in the stadium and just did what grown do, got us on the board and took over that game, man. So you're right, off my hat off to two, man. He had a great showing after that. Adversity that he saw in the game. So you're saying it was I like he was out there doing a feminine. I hear you say it again. It's, it's, it was like he was out there. Go ahead. No, I was just saying on that drive, it was like he was out there on that Gatorade commercial. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> no, to me, it was the beats. He was out there with the beats doing feminine commercial. Yeah, it yeah. did. It really that's did. What, that's what I'm telling about. you. That's what it and is. And to your point, those timely runs, and I was just like, I was just happy to get the first down, man. You mm-hmm. know, it's third down, and you're like, we can't, we gotta score, we gotta score. I don't care if it's a field goal, we gotta put points on the board. But to see him like to be determined to, I'm gonna get this first down, we're gonna get this, this score. Oh my goodness. I was like, it's over with then. And listen, one last thing, after he scored, everybody started getting up. You know, I was like, where y'all going, man? This is still six minutes ago. Everybody leaving all of a sudden after he started scoring. Because they knew it was over with then. But that's mm-hmm. it. <laughs> man, uh, Savion Wilkinson, another uh, great performance. You know, man, he's just – we called it. Well, I got to give Shaq his credit. But it was something we all always knew that he would emerge out of that backfield. Uh, 88. Uh, hard fought yards, but to me, I think he had the play of the game or, or the game or the play that I kind of swung the momentum, right? That was that third and 15 play where he made something out of nothing and that kind of changed the yeah. complexion of the game. So, man, Savion Wilkes, what do you call him, Zoe? Super cute, man. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> hey, hey, Savion had a great game, man. He didn't get in the end zone. But you know what I said, Zoe? And I know, Zoe, you weren't there with me because normally this one, I remember I hit you in the bed when we was watching him run the other day. Uh, what was that? Against the Grambling, right? I said, man, it's good to have a running game. And that's my comments on Savion Wilkinson. He, he was right there on time when you needed him, man. And, and I'm telling you, it's great to have a running back that can take a lick, keep on ticking. He mm-hmm. kept them legs turning. And look, like you said on the on spew episodes back, Zoe, he catch that ball out the backfield too and make mm-hmm. something happen. So I think he had um, uh, I know what 80 some yards on the ground, but I think mm-hmm. total yards, he was over hundred yards for the game. So mm-hmm. I mean, heck of a performance by three six, man. Yep, yeah, yep. Man. He caught he had 48 yards uh receiving as well. Yeah. So over, yeah. Yeah. yeah, man. Look, I call him the one cut the one cut shorty. I mean, he he is he's a one cut assassin, man. He is he is the epitome of what we need at running back. Seriously. And he was tailor-made for the game that we played yesterday. A physical defense, a physical defense, good tackling defense. And he just – it's like, man, Alabama State was meeting. He's the meat tenderizer, man. He just pounds it, mm-hmm. just pounds it. Mm-hmm. He was just pounding, pounding away. I mean, tough yard, tough yard. And you know what? We would get some plays and he would pick up four yards or sometimes three yards. But, man, he kept hammering away. And guess what? He's going to mess around and get that eight-yard game. Mess around and get that 10-yard game. Because, man, let me tell you, that 30-15, that 30-15, it was a thing of beauty. And it was mm-hmm. probably the biggest play of the game, if you really think it about it. It was the biggest point. play of the game. That, that was yeah. the turning point yeah. of the game. Definitely. I agree with that. Yep. 
But one thing I'll say, this game, it, it seemed like it was close. It was probably that, that game where if there was going to be a timeout season where we may have been nervous at any point, it was probably that game. But when you look at the final stats, you, you see a <laughs> you see a dominant performance. You see uh, total yards 441 and 177. Uh, passing yards, obviously, 332 for Shador, 138 for Alabama State. They only rushed for 40 yards on the ground. We went over 100 yards. We dominated them on third down. We dominated them in time of possession uh, and the defense, you know, again, it looks like the, the Alabama state was getting some things done, but I was watching this game. And it, again, it seems like they were in the game, but they only had six points for the longest. It seemed like they were in control of the game, but they only had six points. And that first touchdown, they were aided by a penalty. That was a horrible, well, in my opinion, it was a horrible uh, late hit uh, call on nugget. Cause if you go back and watch him, he had already made contact with the guy before he went out of bounds and he still had his jersey. But that's neither here nor there. But again, the defense, another d- dominant performance, guys. Man, look, I, I got to say this. Watching the game live, you're absolutely right, Corey. It looked like they were into the game, but I'm telling you, I watched the replay last night. Once you take the emotion out of it and you watch the mm-hmm. replay, you exactly. don't have that feeling anymore. Because everything that you said, it rings true. Watching it live, you think they're having success running the ball. Corey, I think we might have had – this is like our second-best rushing defense performance of the season. Mm -hmm. Yard-wise. 39 yards on the ground. Yes. (laughs) Or or, or like, what, 28 attempts, though. That's the thing. Then you look at the the passing yard. We knocked the quarterback out of the game. Backup comes in, and I think the backup still only throws for about um about eighty something yards. Then we're gonna talk about Aubrey Miller. Man, he had a one on one. He had a one on one vendetta against D. Davis. They were, it was a one on one battle, and he was lighting his tail up too. But yeah, man, the, the defense did what they're supposed to do. It was a repeat. This game was a repeat of Grambling. Alabama State comes in scores and they open the possession, and then we put the clamps on them. Because they did only nothing else the entire game. Only 13 first downs. And, again, you have to rewatch it and, like you said, take the take the emotion out of it. I like that point. Can't yeah, that is it, definitely, it definitely felt like what everything you said. It felt like they were in control of the game, um, most of the game. I felt like they had some long, sustaining drives. That was some horrible calls made. That was some horrible calls missed. Um, that was a lot of hooping and hollering on our side, man. Some mm-hmm. egregious, obvious holes that were happening right in front of the referees. Um, the targeting penalty uh, on Aubrey, uh, very shaky. I mean, he was going low, and the guy dropped his head. It was, you know, like you said, the Nugget called the uh, they they overturned the call that was the targeting call for Shador, and uh, missed the targeting on JD Martin where he got hit helmet to helmet, helmet came off. So it was just a lot of different. Uh, but at the end of the day, I, I was talking to some of the guys and I said, I'm okay with that. Just you know, we want that same home cooking we in Jackson. So y'all don't complain about that. We'll take it. We gonna overcome it. And we're not going to play for the refs, but I, th- I do feel like um, when we got a chance to settle down and do what we do, we took over that game. The defense, I was saying, um, talking to some of the fans, I said the defense is going to have to win it for us because it seems like the offense is uh, is not going to put up a lot of points. We just got to hold them. If we get to 24, I kept saying 24 is the magic number. 24 is the magic number because I knew that the defense was being dominant. They give up a play or two that led to a mm-hmm. few things. But after you, if you take away their first drive, and you take away the penalties. See, that's, that, that scoring drive that they did, Corinzo, was aided by penalties. So if you look at the bulk of their yards on that drive, came on penalties. Uh, a pass interference, a, a late hit, half the distance. You're talking about eating up 30 yards, 30, 40 yards on the drive, and then they get a one-yard, you know, questionable t- touchdown. So uh, the stats tell one story. The eye test tell you a different one. But overall, in the end, like I said, we did enough to win. We did enough in the critical time when we had our possessions that, you know, it led to a victory. Yeah, it wasn't the sexiest win. But like I said, every every win ain't going to be 60-something, to, you know, to, to seven or zero. You know, it's, you got to take those 26, 14-point uh, wins just like you take a 30-point win. <clears throat> if you're Alabama State, is that a moral victory for you? <laughs> If they want to take that and use it, be my guess. Uh, man. But, no, sh- shout out to Kevin Coleman, though, man. It was so uh, so good oh, to yeah. see him finally get in the end zone, man. Yeah, he had been man. so close. It's like every week he's right there. He gets called back or something happened, but he finally able to get in the end zone. Definitely happy for Kev. 
I was happy about that one, man. I, we celebrated big time, man. I, I, and, and funny thing is, I was actually talking to some people before the game. I said, I feel like Kevin Coleman is going to have a big game. I just felt like it. But to see him get his first collegiate touchdown, I think that kind of got lost in some of the noise after the game. Mm-hmm. But we're going to talk about it. And I'm glad you brought it up. So kudos to K, K3 and uh, more, more, so many more to come, man. I tell you what, since he got the first touchdown, maybe this could be a proverbial monkey off his back, and we can like see Malachi a, a, a Nick Mal- like Malachi last season is what I mean. Yeah, yeah. And also, uh, man, shout out to Willie Big Play Games, man. He is definitely becoming that big play threat over the top. A day where Dallas Daniels didn't stand out is great. I mean, we knew we were deep at receiver, but it's great to see everybody else step up, especially Willie. Definitely. Man, look. Steaming Willie Gaines, like Willie Beeman. Man, look, do get a he, he do for one big play every game. Mm-hmm. He every time he get on the field, it started at Tennessee State and it's going every game since. Coach get me in, I can make a play. You saw him seeing it. He's been doing it every week consistently. Hey man, I love the uh Rob J coverage, you know. Uh I thought it was funny. He said Coco Beach. He's like, no, nah, it's Coco. You know, they Coco. represent man. Hey, Coco. Florida's finest, Willie Gaines, and he is a baller, man. He's a playmaker. He's uh, starting to become – hey, look, he's wearing number 10, y'all. We had – Shadow had a favorite target last season that wore number 10. Shout out to Warren Newman, man. Pocket rocket, man. So, I think uh, Shador just kind of used to that number 10, and he knows they – 10 down there somewhere. What they say in the NFL when they talk about Tariq Hill, hey, just throw it down there. He's somewhere down there. That's kind of how Willie Gaines is starting to develop that type of reputation for the Tigers, man. So, uh, I saw him throw it up. He followed the ball, and I see ten going. I was like, "He's gonna catch the thing." Catch it, brought it down, and it was a thing of beauty, man. Reminds you of what was that Tennessee State? Mm-hmm. Tennessee State had a defender on him, but maybe it was more like Grammar when he was when he caught one over the middle. But yeah. beautiful catch, man, and uh, good stuff, man. Happy for him. We gotta let him know that his wide receiver coach wore the number ten too. Oh yeah, good point. Yeah, I'm pretty That's sure. A he good knows. point, though. Zone his story. He, he should know. He should know. <laughs> he should know. I'm pretty sure TC tells him all the time, man. Shout out to TC, man. Coach TC. Speaking of Zoe, the historian, this is the 500th win in program history. Man, a milestone. So, so we, we've all been there for a bunch of them, but Zoe likes to he, – he loves that history. So what is it? what's that mean to you, man, to see number 500? Well, it's pretty significant because we uh, have gone the longest stretch in our history to get these 100 wins, as you guys know how the past 10 seasons have been. And that's been the thing that stretched it out. So, but now Coach Prime's here, and I foresee a bunch of 10 win seasons so we can get the 600 rather quickly. And then we'll be an elite club because Tuskegee, believe it or not, last week or the week before last, won their 700 game, which is the most of any um, HBCU. And so I believe now only Tennessee State and Gremlin have 600 wins. Mm. And uh, Southern has a few more of us, but Southern is still in 500-something. And so we can go ahead and get that 600 club because that's when you're talking about elite elite numbers, especially when you talk about uh, the FBS schools, Notre Dame, Michigan, all those. They're in the 700 club, so we're not too far behind. Close that gap. Yeah, we have an yep. opportunity to close that gap pretty quickly. Good stuff, man. That was definitely monumental. Like I said, I don't have to add to what Zoe just said. He made a great point, so I'll just say, man, I'm a, you get my stamp of approval. I'm not going to dare go against Zoe when it comes to history. That's his thing. I'm going to bow out and let him have that one. This stuff. <laughs> and also, the 20th win for Coach Prime, man. He got the 20 in record time. I mean, man, 20 wins already. Two, this is when we count that spring season. You know, normally we, we probably don't, you don't like counting that spring season, but now we're going to count it, right? Right? We're going to make the rules as we go. Make sure they work in our favor. So the spring season. Absolutely. Hey, they well, well, they counted. They counted whenever they talk about this is third season, you know, third year. They they, they get it so mixed Second up. With Coach Prime. Well, you know, they yeah. don't count. I, 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 I try to remind people this is just year number two mm-hmm. for Coach Prime. You know, two seasons in one. You know, the hyphenated season when you get four wins there, eleven after that, and then now five and zero. Oh. So you get to twenty in a record record time, man. It's pretty outstanding, and um, you know, we, we I think he'll get to thirty a lot quicker too. So. Uh, congratulations, Coach Prime. Hey, next win is going to be that what? 21st win. In the state of and Florida. Do it in, in the state, state of Florida. Florida. You can't make this up, man. In an I, NFL, I, I, stadium. Well, look, NFL stadium. Well, look. Sorry, Batum. I know this is our recap, but hey, we, 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 we
we gotta we get that W, man. We just keeping it real. Well, look, it wouldn't matter who was next. Ken, it wouldn't matter who's next on the schedule. We would care. It really wouldn't. I just thought I'd up a little bit. It didn't make no difference. Well, look, since we're talking about numbers, I might as well go ahead and throw it out there. We're on a 13-game conference winning streak right now. Man. 14, if you count that, if you count that forfeit against all corn in the spring season, I count it. I don't care what nobody says. The w I in, count in the column. Does that did that count towards the 20th win? Is that in the 20s? That's in the 20? Yes, it is. Well, it's 14, though. So. Oh, it's 14. 14. I mean, that's so, half, so halfway there. I looked at that today. Oh, no, 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 no. We're halfway to JSU's record because Gramlin broke that's, it. That's, that's what I mean, halfway. Yeah, so we're halfway to our record, which which is 28 conference game, 28 game conference winning streak. So we're halfway there. And also, if we went out this year, we'll actually end up at 19. So, you know, next season, the end of next season, we're well on our way. Man, I like it. 14 game conference winning streak, fellas. Hey, and if Nugget, well, he didn't step out of I'm not, not going to do that. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to say, I'll leave it. He hey, didn't it's step perfect, out. but it's show, man. Step it is, it's oh, it is. That's right. So let's talk about it. No, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. He didn't, ste- <laughs> he didn't step out of bounds. He right? did not step out of bounds. I was there. Yeah. Conclusive evidence. Oh man! So I mean, guys, we we went over there. We took care of business. Not like we thought. We thought we'd just get out of there. And, but right at the end, and mo- most people were probably shutting the TVs off by the end. Or if you were in the stadium, you probably were watching, getting ready for the boom. Probably wasn't paying attention. <laughs> but it happened. It happened. The the push her around the world and it sent social media ablaze. I mean, ESPN, Bleacher Report, Sports Illustrated, you name it. So we got everybody else has talked about it. So it's time for Tiger Talk to talk about it. who's one. Who wants to get started? Man, look, let me jump on this. When I first saw it, man, uh, because of who Eddie Robinson is, I really wasn't perplexed like everybody else was, you know, because, you know, you never know what his mindset is. I really wasn't. But, man, when I saw that press conference, I lost it. And I'm going to just say I lost all respect for that dude, man, Um, because what he's – there are things like we talk about actions, like your mouth and the, what your mouth says in actions. They have to they have to match up, and his actions doesn't match what he was saying in the press conference. He was very emotional, overly emotional, and his slip was showing. Yeah, I said mm-hmm. it. his slip no, was I, showing, I and 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 it it didn't make sense. And also to me, man, looking at all the footage that we've seen with his team when Coach Prime stepped foot on the field. All the expletives and players, you know, what I'm saying cussing at the coach, and even coaches after the game cussing at coach. What I take from that, especially to his press conference, I take from that that is beat is bull jive, and it come the team takes on the personality of the coach. So what it tells me is he was feeding a lot of this crap to his team in the pregame speech before they came on the field. Also, the team stayed in Birmingham. We didn't get tickets. There's a lot of other, you know, what I'm saying bull job that went into this game that Alabama State did. So it plays into coinciding with what the coach did. And then you want to talk about, and I'm going to say this and I'll let you go, Ken. We talk about football decorum. He was mad that, according to him, that it was 40 seconds left and we threw a hitch and go. The ball went 15 yards and went out of bounds. On that same play, asked me what they were doing on defense. So if you could see – well, no, yes. no, what were they doing on defense? You said ask. They, were, they had nine in the box and they were blitzing. Okay. So you can't sit here and concede victory to someone else and be blitzing and then complain while you're blitzing what somebody else is doing. You can't do that. That don't make sense. So, and we already know the narrative. A lot of people out here personally don't like Prime. And so any dig they could get at him, they're going to take it. But Prime is good and covered over here at the I Love. We got Coach back. He, well, he got his front. We got his back. But we're not worried about that, man. But it was just – it was bull job. It's all it was, straight bull job. It was low-class bull job. And I hope we give him everything he requested in his press conference. I want them for homecoming next season. Well, my hey, I, I, is better than your one. Because guess what? I, 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 let, let, let me say ahead. this. Let me say this. We can, we won't be late getting to the vet. The team won't be late getting to the vet from the hotel in in, in the metro area. 
I have the regular game day routine, but go ahead. No, but but we, 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 we're going to request. I hope we fulfill every request he have. Well, I'll say this. So let me, throw, let me throw this out there. Shout out to our very own A.D. Robson. Add somewhat of people in the tent. I think the dates might line up, fellas. It just might line up. So they just might get what he promised. Man. What he, what he prayed. Let me say it this way. What now, he I'm back to hike, uh, haunt you. So I know that I looked at the date. I looked at the date. I guess I'm not gonna put it out there, but uh, you know, I'll just say that looking at what I was, what, you know, allowed to see, I was like, wow, it looks like it's gonna line up. Where it very well could be our state being, you know, in mid October could very well be our homecoming. But I don't wanna say that because again, you know how scheduled the always could be. No, it's just the same. We don't know, but you're I just did, saying it's a possibility. I did tell I did tell Amy Robinson, shout out to Amy Robinson, hey. Give him what he asked for. We we love that. That'll be a great homecoming. It'll be quite festive. You know, I don't hey, think that same uh, energy gonna be Ken, that we Jack. Ken, you didn't have to tell AD Robinson that. Trust me, he he won't do it anyway. You know, AD Robinson. Well, you know, I'm being, I'm being very I'm being very PC for the show. Nah, I know. And I, I know. Just, you know, I, well, he, he's an athlete himself. Man. He's a competitor, so yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. But this is what I'm gonna say. I'm gonna take a different approach because I did. Um, so I'll give you my personal experience with this thing. I was actually leaving out of the stadium. Shaq called me. Big Arab style gave me a shout. Man, did you see what this happened? I don't have a clue what he's talking about because there wasn't like a scuffle or nothing that took place right. afterwards. Yeah. So I was oblivious to it. And then before I could even get down out of the stadium, uh, I was getting inboxes, you know, started seeing. I'm like, oh, wow, this, took ha- this happened. So when you first saw it, I had one reaction and I was like, what did he, did he put? Like he pushed like, oh, what actually happened? Um, but then when you look at the other angle, then you look at what he had to say and why he did what he did. I'm going to say this, fellas. I'm actually okay with it. I'm going to tell you why I'm okay. Now, I'm going I'm to I'm say it two different ways. Okay, everything that you said, he meant that. I'm okay with a man speaking his mind and saying what he felt. He put all his cards on the table. Like Zoe said, there was a lot of, you know, bull junk in the midst of it. I had my emotions about it when I saw the press conference. Lost of respect there. I didn't really care what was said, you know, I, I, but I, I don't like the, you know, who was swag stuff. Like, he ain't swag, I'm swag. I, I, I didn't care for that at all. I just thought that was, you know, I didn't even know where he was going with that. But I'll say it this way. Um, if you listen to what he said in his press conference on what he did, he said, I'm not, you're not going to do whatever he felt like Coach Prime done and whatever he deemed to be disrespectful. I'm not a man to tell another man what he deemed disrespect. But what I will say is this. That's how he chose to respond to it. My thing was, I would have respected it even more if you had just waved and said, "All right, bro, good game," and went on to the locker room. Or when you went to the uh, when you went to the fifty yard line, I would have did a fist bump, preached good game, coach, and just kept rolling. But Coach Prime was caught off guard. He tried to, you know, dap them up. You know, that's what we do as men. You know, we dap. Hey, hey, good game, baby. You know what I mean? That's sportsmanship. But when you take it a step further and say, I'm going to shake your hand and you know he catch you off guard and I'm going to stiff arm you on the chest and because Brian basically removed him, you know, removed his hand off his chest. So when you look at it from both sides, it was what it was. I mean, he, he did what he did, which he felt like he had the right to stop Coach Prime from giving him a, a bro hug. And Coach Prime, not knowing what was going on, removed his hand forcefully off his chest. He had the right to do that too. So – I don't even think there's a right or wrong. This is my opinion. I don't look at it right or wrong from those perspectives. It, to me, it, 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 what happened, happened. It is what it is. But when you go to the press conference and you say everything that he said and you start attacking the man and, and he was talking out of both sides of his mouth because I could tell I could dissect it. I, one of the things I will say that he did say that I didn't really – was it too favorable for is the part where he said, you didn't speak to me before the game. Why am I going to broke Dappy up? And I was like, that was that that came off as a bit entitled. I'm like, you didn't also speak to him. You, you could have. It's not like you went and tried to speak to Coach Prime and he ignored you. So it can't be a you didn't come to me and speak to me. So I'm going to treat you this type of way. So I just kind of dismissed a lot of that. He showed himself. He was very emotional after a tough loss. They lost homecoming. I know he really riled them up. And then when you get to the video footage, all the other stuff that took place, a lot of disrespect that was going on. A lot of things Coach Prime said. Um, I'm going to just say this and I'm going to leave it alone. I'm okay with it. The only thing I request is that everybody, when you do it, 
Don't feel some type of way when you come to get Jackson and get that same treatment. That's all I'm going to say about that. So, you know, you can have the antics. You could, you could be, you know, professional, happy, you know, unaccommodating, all those things. I'm one of those fans that like to make it uncomfortable for the opposing team. So I don't, I don't want a hard visit aside anymore. I want to make it as, I want us to pack the bench so they don't have nowhere to see. You get what I'm saying? So that, that's my take on it. It was a lot of bull jump. And I think at the end of the, uh, and I'm going to say this and I'm done. At the end of all of this, the thing that got lost in the majority of everything was the actual game. I think what he did and what happened took away from the valiant effort that his team made. It is his first season on the job. They, they held the number one offense to 26 points. They had us on the brink. They had us, you know, in doubt for for some for a little while. And that was the last thing everybody talked about. And this is the thing that everybody's still talking about. So that's my take on it, fellas. It is what it is. You know, a line was drawn in the sand. You with us or you're not. And, we, you know, we ride with the Titans. We'll see you in Jackson. Of course. One, one thing, too, I, I did want to touch on when he mentioned about Coach Brown. He was like, I'm swag. He ain't swag. I, I I really – it was a head scratch because I'm like, so basically you're calling pretty much three-fourths of the coaches in this conference. They ain't swag then. Wait, wait, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. First of all, <laughs> that statement – and somebody talked about, you know, him being emotional. But <laughs> that statement had to be some of the most childish, bitter – and irrelevant nonsense I have ever heard a head coach say in a press conference. That made absolutely no sense. Going back to what you were saying, three, four, I mean, what, what does it take to be swack, right? Because, first of all, correct me if I'm wrong, hasn't Deion Sanders been coaching in swack longer than Eddie Robinson? Had he been a head coach longer? Yeah. Yes or no? Okay, so, again, what's the definition of being swag? That's what I want to know. Now, when he said that, he said, I'm standing on the shoulders of, he said about two or three coaches. Do y'all remember who those yes. coaches were? W.C. Gordon, Marino Cassim, Eddie Robinson. Coincidentally, make it make sense. Coincidentally, make it make sense. Coincidentally, make all it make sense. Coaches didn't attend swag schools. So let's do it. Let's do this. Let's play a game. Let's play a game called He Ain't Swag. Y'all, re- y'all ready? Y'all want to do it? He Ain't Swag. Let's see who ain't swag. Using, the logic, using the logic of Eddie Robinson, let's say who ain't swag. Okay, I'll start off. We already said it. Late great WC Gordon, all time winning his coach in Jackson State history. Yeah, I'm love. Where'd he go to school though? Tennessee State. But he's standing on his shoulders, right? So, so make it make sense. He's standing on on WC Gordon's shoulders, but Coach Prime ain't swag. Well, in that case, WC ain't swag. All right, yep. who, who's up? Who, who, who's next? Who ain't swag? Mario Cass. <laughs> Where'd he go? Xavier. Xavier. Who you got, kid? Willie Simmons. Let's go. What about about the original Eddie Robinson? Where did he go? Leland College. So the the GOAT coach in swag history ain't swag. Again, we're using the logic of the other. other, We call him the the other Eddie Robinson. So are we applying the definition of swag, meaning you have to have played in the swag to be swag? Is it played or, or I mean, I'm saying attended. Well, well, guess what? It had to be played or attended. Paraphrasing genius coach Robson at Alabama State. Either way, the people we've named so far, they, they didn't either. They didn't either. That's the point. They didn't either. Okay. Let's, let's keep it going. Y'all got any more names? I got one. McDowell. Okay. Miami. Hurricanes. He ain't I sweat. One. I got one. This is a good one. Jay Hobson. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he would listen. He he would in there turn that thing around, right? If it wasn't for him, <laughs> where would they be right now? We don't know. I mean, you talk about turning something around. He ain't swag. I can do it. Hugh Jackson. Whew. He ain't go to HBCU. I got one for y'all. y'all ready for this one? How about how about Doc Gamble? How about where Doc Gamble go? Somewhere in Ohio. Okay. What what about this one, Tiger fans? Get ready. Get ready for this. Tiger fans, this person ain't swag. I'm sorry. I love you dearly. We just had you on the show. But Coach Tamika Reed, she ain't swag. Coach T. Reed ain't swag. Coach Mo Williams. My boy, he ain't swag here. Jacktown, but he ain't Rich, swag. According Rich. to according to his coach. Like, we don't – that's why I said it's a head scratcher. I was just 
I didn't even think we had to go outside of other sports. You could just look right within the conference. And you know what's so ironic about this, fellas? Did the swag not just drop a video of all the coaches? Saturday, right before the game day. Game day. The swag drops a video of the swag all coaches. The coaches. And on that very same day, the coach that lost his homecoming. The coach that let me ask you this question. I got a real question. This is a question I, I really, I really had. And I'm not, we're gonna keep playing who what is swag, whatever. Uh, what was what's, what was Eddie Robinson's coaching record prior to him coming to Alabama State? Ain't it no front and back. Was he coaching football? No, selling he was real estate. All right, so here's my point. I'm okay with that. So somebody knew somebody or something, somebody gave I mean, he's fortunate. I mean, I know he played football for Alabama State. He got drafted in the second round, played in the NFL, uh, had a great career, whatever, and professional career. And uh, he knows somebody. They gave him an opportunity. Most people don't get those opportunities where you get afforded to just go walk through the door and coach at your alma mater. So I just thought, um, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. I just okay. – I ain't mad I, about I, it. I ain't I, mad about that. I'm actually okay with that, but I just thought I'd throw that out there because I'm like, dude, you just got here, you just got handed a job, and here you are attacking the the the, the conference swag championship coach, calling him not swag. Like, well, we said, oh, it, man, that, that was a grown man in his feelings. That was, a, that was that was a grown man in his feelings in the press conference, and I, I know looking back at that, I know he wishes he could. And he released a statement, right? He backtracked on something, not everything, but going back, I know you wish you could take that back. Because one thing about it, man, it, it's on the internet forever. On the NFL. Well, Ken, to, to really put the nail on your point, he had no head coaching experience, right? He was in the real estate, but he has that job as a byproduct from a coach who ain't from the sweat. You got your job in the sweat as a byproduct of a coach that ain't from the sweat. Let's mm. be real. Let's be real. Because you would not yeah. be out of the state if there was no Deion Sanders at Jackson State. That's a good point. Great point, man. You know, yeah. I wish we didn't have to talk about it, but it happened, and it is what it is. I think. Uh, but look, Coach Prime's response was was just as spicy. I, one of the things I love about our coach, he always got the cameras rolling, man. It's always yeah. the sides. When the rabbit got yeah, the gun, right. man, they, the rabbit keeping the gun on Lynch Street. Yeah, man. Well, I, well I, I'm gonna say this, and, and I'll leave it alone. Everything that Eddie Robinson did was tailor made example of why Coach Prime always says. Don't let my confidence uh, offend your insecurity. So can I, and Corey, can I say one more thing that Coach Prime, I want to just highlight this, and I thought this was this was powerful, or, you know, and maybe somebody don't like that word, but when you think about what Coach Prime said in the press conference, he said, I thought I did my part. Mm-hmm. He said, did we not sell out, did we not sell out the game? <laughs> and he repeated, he said, did we sell out the game? They're like, yeah, he said, all right, but did I not do he said, when have they ever done that before? So he was selling the game, and it was to their benefit. And we had to – we were uh, uh, unbelievably inconvenienced, but at the same time, the question – I keep saying people people's defense of, of, of things that were directed toward Coach Prime is centered around the comments that were said uh, at the press conference as well as the SWAT coaches. But I think the SWAT coaches' uh, uh, press conference, he was asked a question. And when he talked about it being a money game, he said, this is like a money game. He explained why, saying that JSU fan base, we rolled deep. And we did. We was in there loud, and we had our white on, and we, you know, we we, we came in and represented like we always do. They had 28,000 in the, in the 26,000 seat state. Mm-hmm. Think about that. So he said he did his part. Well, the only problem I, the only problem I have with most black fans right now when it comes to Coach Prime it has a very bad stench of shut up and dribble. Just shut up and coach. It has a, re- a really bad stench of that. That's the vibe. Well, that that I- it only applies to Coach Prime, though, because, again, what you just say, Zoe? Don't let my confidence offend your insecurity. So yeah. everybody gets to display their insecurities about Coach Prime, and when he opens his mouth, they're offended. Again, everybody can throw it, but they can't take it. So, again, the man got on and said, I have never, ever disrespected an opponent, even in my playing career in my life. So what people are equating as disrespect is, a, is, really, is really a lot of reaching. You got a confident man that's, that's filled with faith whose life has reflected 
a high level of success. And most people in our community just have an issue with it. I mean, you loved him until he came to Jackson State, but now all of a sudden he can't do nothing right. So they get to sit on the internet and talk about everything that he does that they don't like, and they overanalyze it to no end, and yet they can't stop watching him. Yet anything that comes his way, there's a bunch of bull junk. People co-sign that. And that's why I was like, you know, co-sign it, then you, you know, it is what it is. You're showing your hate. But it's okay. He's built for this. He was built for it, and it is what it is. And, and again, if you feel like Coach Prime did something that was wrong, then you have that right to say what you feel like it was. If you feel like it's justified, then cool. We ain't got nothing to discuss. Let's move on. <laughs> well, fellas, I ended on this note. We did him a favor. We helped pack the stadium. Like he said, money game. They made money. They, he did us a favor. Guess what? He put us right back in the national spotlight. I know you got the Bleacher Report alert. I know you got multiple Bleacher Report alerts. I know you got multiple <laughs> ESPN alerts. I know he saw it on sport on uh, Sports Illustrated and all these other places. So that's free publicity. That's free marketing. We'll take it. We'll consume it. We'll eat it up because those those recruits they're seeing it as well. Just keeping our name out there. So appreciate that, Ed, Coach Ed. Hey, even you. even even the big superstars was retweeting. Coach Prime tweeted today. Randy Moss retweeted. Coach Prime, we with you. Ter- Terrell Owens was at the game, so he got a big following. Man, Jackson State is hot. Like it or lump it. <laughs> No doubt, no doubt. All right, fellas, onward and upward, back to Florida. Got to take care of business in Jacksonville, NFL Stadium. Hopefully some scouts will be there. We had some scouts at this previous game, had some representatives from the Hula Bowl, and who who, who knows who else was in the stands, who else was watching. But another uh, big game, road game, conference game, and then we bring it back to the vet. So we got a lot of exciting shows coming up to preview that. So, fellas, we will see you in Jville. Holla. The I love. Go Tigers. Yeah, love. Go Tigers. And that'll do it for episode 276 of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Thank you to all of our listeners. And again, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Apple Podcasts and Spotify video users. Rate and review the show. And everyone, go follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Instagram and Twitter. We're looking to do some big things with this platform to aid the athletics department, and it all starts with you. Downloading, subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show. And tell every Tiger that you know. We're on all podcast outlets. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify Video, YouTube, and so on. And we'll be posting each episode on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. As always, thanks for your support. Go Tigers! Hashtag I believe. Hashtag the I love. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.